Non-Monogamy Help is a podcast where your questions about open, non-monogamous or polyamorous relationships are answered. Our host, Lola Phoenix, will consult a licensed therapist with over a decade of experience to address your problems. Names and locations have been changed or censored to keep your questions anonymous. You're listening to Non-Monogamy Help, the podcast. Hello, and welcome to the second episode of the Non-Monogamy Help Advice, or Non-Monogamy Help Podcast. I know my own podcast. I know who I am. Um, I'm Lola Phoenix. I write Non-Monogamy Help, and yeah, that's basic, and this is the the second episode of that. Um, One thing I'll mention in the intro is that if you send me a letter, um, I keep everyone anonymous, so I change names or I use no names, um, so don't worry about that if you send me a letter, um, and I'll speak more about how to send me a letter and everything at the end. So, yes, let's read the next letter. Hi there. First, thank you so much for making this form available. As a newbie with respect to non-monogamy, it's hard to know where to turn when you have questions and doubts. I can't appreciate this enough. You're welcome. So I am currently dating an absolutely wonderful man. It's been around two months, but things feel a lot more advanced than that time frame would suggest. I've never met someone who makes me feel the way he does. He's brilliant. The conversation sparkles. He cares deeply about my well-being. He um, he keeps track of little things that I like and dislike. The sex is some of the best I've ever had. And I could just keep going on and on, but I'll spare you any further gushing because now I'm just making myself, even myself, a little sick. Rest assured, I completely adore him. I knew early on that he wanted some form of, quote, entirely negotiable non-monogamy. I have some experience in the area. I was the third party in an open marriage in the past and have always considered myself a sexually open and inquisitive person. The theory of non-monogamy generally appeals to me, and from the get-go I told him I was open to finding a form of it that works for us and our needs. Over the course of the couple discussions, we decided that the best form of non-monogamy for us is to play as a couple with other couples. There is, however, one issue that we seem to keep running up against. The issue here is with respect to this one couple that he had been seeing fairly steadily for a while before he and I ever met. He started off playing with them as a couple, but now he also plays with her solo every so often. They have an established level of trust amongst them and have agreed not to use condoms. I recently expressed an interest in the boyfriend and I taking things to the next level and forgoing condoms ourselves, but I said that I wouldn't be able to do so until... And unless he started he started using condoms with the couple again. I definitely trust my boyfriend and I also trust his judgment immensely, but at the same time, I just can't viscerally get comfortable with the idea of him not using condoms with them while he isn't using them with me. And it's just it's and it's not just about seeing periodic test results, it just feels too out of control for me. I have some background in epidemiology. I don't know if I'm saying that right. And that is definitely not helping me feel more comfortable. My boyfriend hears me and my concerns, but he's having trouble making the decision to stop using condoms with a couple whom he has technically known for much longer than he has known me. And this is starting to become a problem, given that things are starting to get pretty serious. I can't help but feel like he is choosing them over me, even though he has told me time and time again that's not the way he sees it. I get it intellectually, but it's hard not to feel like he is choosing them over me emotionally speaking. He wants me to meet the couple and then make a decision whether to trust them myself or not. The problem is I doubt I'll ever be able to get comfortable with the idea of more than two nodes in a condomless connection. And now I can now I can sense that I am starting to feel resentful of the couple and I'm even getting a little feeling a little angry towards my boyfriend. I know there has to be some mature way of dealing with the situation without giving in to my more atavistic 
I've never heard that word before, lizard brain urges to start laying down ultimatums and getting suddenly jealous about a situation that I have otherwise been fine with since I found out about it. To complicate matters, there is an assortment of other issues related to this couple muddying the waters. I found a picture of the wife and she's gorgeous and it's been a little difficult for me to come to terms with that. Don't get me wrong, I do love my body and I know he loves my body, but our culture and societal condition being what it is, this is just giving rise to some stuff for me that's been difficult emotionally, but I recognize that this is definitely more of a personal problem, I just need to deal with it myself. Then there's the issue that while I'm very okay with my boyfriend having sex with this woman, it bothers me to know and that he texts this woman pretty regularly and texts definitely go beyond simple logistical matters. I think this comes from me seeing texting on and off during the day as a thing that extends into one's real life and it's important to me that we keep bedroom things strictly in the bedroom. When I brought up my concerns, he seemed to understand where I was coming from and said he would like to, he would like some time to think about it. And then finally, there's a matter that I feel like an outsider walking into a situation where everyone knows one another, which makes me feel weird and left out in a way. I've expressed an interest in getting together to find new couples for us to interact with instead, but I get a sense that continuing this particular relationship is important to the boyfriend and I want to be supportive. So, as you can see, there's a whole jumble of thoughts here, and I cannot apologize enough for dropping them all on you. I'd appreciate any advice you might have for me. Right. Well, there are a lot of different things going on here. Um, so the first thing I want to say about the condom anxiety, um, and this is to you and, and your boyfriend and to this couple. Condoms, uh, STIs, uh, they don't give a shit about who you trust or what your feelings are. Like, and I, I get the idea of like trusting people and like going oh, do i trust this person's understandment or understandment lord do i trust this person's understanding of sexual health risk do i trust that this person's going to make good decisions about how to protect themselves and therefore me i get that like i totally get that but at the same time shit happens stis happen they happen and condoms don't protect against all STIs they just don't they don't protect against HPV they don't protect against herpes um so you're at risk no matter what sexual health activity you do and I don't tell you that to freak you out because like I'm a peer sexual health educator like I learned all about STIs and which ways you can get them and and all the horrible symptoms and it, it is something as well that in our culture we're very like there's a lot of stigma and a lot of panic about it. And to a certain extent, that's that's sometimes grounded because there are new strains of things like chlamydia coming out. There's a lot of worry about antibiotic resistance. So like some of it is understandable, but also some of it is a little just sex negativity and just people just freaking out and being, you know, not seeing STIs as another infection that you can get just from being human and existing in the world. and you know, not wrapping yourself in cotton wool and stay in your apartment all day. You know, so they don't care. STIs don't care about your feelings or who you trust. You, and that's a big thing that I had to learn with my partners actually, because I had super condom anxiety. And I, I was at the point where I almost felt like I wanted to make a rule with my partner um, that even without being fluid bonded with him, that before he had sex with anyone they had to get tested like newly tested like they had like he couldn't have sex with anyone new and i as well unless they had been tested this wasn't something that my partner wanted to do because he felt like 
you know, I, I'm not going to do that. I want to go to parties and maybe hook up with someone. That's the risk that I accept. And it was very, very difficult for me because I felt mentally more comfortable with him continuing to have sex with people he'd already had sex with than having sex with someone new that he just met. In my mind, the risk of having sex with someone you just met was bigger than having sex with someone that you've already known for a long time. And he pointed out to me that actually, no, that's bullshit because, you know, he, if he known someone from a long time, they could go have sex with someone new. They could get an STI. They could give it to him. He could give it to me. So, because you just sometimes shit happens sometimes people even though they've been tested something hasn't shown up yet sometimes it's symptomless you know like shit happens so i think that that's you know this whole like argument about trust do you trust the couple do you trust him i get the feeling behind that but like you need to stop talking about it that way because that there on that path there be monsters there be a a, t a, a clinical germ issue that is being emotion has feelings put on it and emotional transference it becomes less about how much risk there is in an activity to be exposed to something and more about who you trust and who you and that's not what you want to go into don't go that way don't go that way what you need to do you're gonna have anxiety about this okay and that's one thing that you just kind of have to accept i ha you know i deal with that shit every time my partner sleep with someone new every time it doesn't matter like every time i have just this slight panic in the back of my head that's just like oh my god what if i get an sti and the world ends you know like it's it's okay to have that anxiety it doesn't make you a bad person it doesn't mean you don't trust anyone it doesn't mean that you hate people with stis or it doesn't it's just normal you're gonna have that anxiety and that's fine Ugh, i hate the word normal but anyway that's fine you're gonna have anxiety and i think to a certain extent you need to allow yourself to have that anxiety and and be able to learn to cope with it the other thing that you can do right so you don't explain if um, this couple is also sleeping with other people. So theoretically, what you're, what you could create is a kind of fluid bonded um, agreement with yourself, your boyfriend, and this couple. I don't. And maybe this couple is um, monogamous, except for what they do with you and your boy. I don't know how this is set up. Um, and I know that uh, this sounds like swinging. You don't use the word swinging, but it sounds like swinging and and swinging. A lot of people who are in, in swinger communities, because they're married, they think, oh, we don't have to use condoms, and that's quite common, and there's actually a high prevalence, from what I've read, I could be wrong, there's a high prevalence of STIs in the swinger community because people think that they don't have to use condoms because everyone's married and it's fine. Um, I don't know what this other couple is doing, but if you want to, if I can understand why your boyfriend doesn't want to stop using condoms with them. Equally, I can understand why you don't, why that, you know, this, you're not completely irrational to see this as a higher level of risk. It is. Instead of you being fluid bonded with one person who's only fluid bonded with you and use condoms with everyone else, you're now fluid bonded to someone who is fluid bonded to two other people. So yes, there is more risk, but what you need to do is you need to talk, not trust, and just get a sense of feeling for people. You need to physically discuss the specifics of the situation with each other. And maybe you can come to an agreement where, you know, you don't use condoms with each other, but you do use condoms outside of this circle. And you need to think about, so the rules that I have, 
in my relationships, if I'm fluid bonded with someone, you know, I just have to accept the fact that I'm at risk for for things that can't protect, can't be protected from condoms. It's just part of it. You just have to accept that. But for the risk, the sexual health rules that I have in place is that if if I or my fluid bonded partner want to have sex with someone new, we have to ask them a number of questions. Usually we ask them, have they been recently tested? Um, what, how do they safeguard their sexual health? You know, what do they do? This is designed to see what their practices are. And that's, that's a better way of building trust rather than just meeting someone and seeing that they're trustworthy. What does that even mean? You need to, you know, what I want to hear from someone if, if, you know, or what's good to hear from someone when you ask them these questions is, you know, I always get tested after I have a new partner. I get tested once, at least once a year, once every six months, once every three months, depending on the frequency of partners. You want to know that they're aware that some STIs can remain dormant for six months. Um, as far as I know, I'm pretty sure I'm right about that, but the, the testing cycle should be six months, you know, three months, once every three months if you ha frequently have new partners and you can't keep track of things, but six months after the exposure of a new partner or a new, you know, yeah, that would be ideal. So what we're trying to glean from those discussions is, is this a response, a person who takes responsibility for their sexual health? Because that's the only thing you can do. It's risky. That's just life. And as I totally get your paranoia. I don't want to, I can't emphasize that enough because I, I also have major STI paranoia because I know so much about sexual health. It sometimes isn't helpful to know a lot, but you can create these type of, of, of sexual health rules, you know, and decide amongst the four of you, okay, we don't use condoms with each other, we use condoms for everyone else. You need to think about dental dams as well, like, is that a thing? Like, decide what your sexual health practices would be, what steps will you take um, when you meet someone new, when you want to have sex with someone new, um, and then that way, you your anxiety will not go away. Like, I just want to make that clear. Like, you're gonna feel fucking anxious because that's anxiety. It's horrible and that's, yeah. You're gonna feel still feel anxious and you probably definitely will still feel anxious. Like, when you first have condomless sex with your boyfriend and you know that he's not using condoms with these other people, you're still gonna feel anxious. But when you have these rules in place and when you have this structure and when you say, okay... I know that I can't get rid of all risk, but I know that I'm mitigating some of this risk by saying to these other people, right, okay, these are these are what we're going to ask every new partner. And I, you know, I when my part when my fluid bonded partner, I know that they're going to go sleep with someone new. I, you know, I still occasionally go like, have have they been tested? Have, have you asked the questions? I know that he's going to ask questions, and I do trust him. But it always it helps to hear stuff like that, and so it's, it's okay. Like, that's really okay to be, and it does get emotional, and I think it gets emotional because this trust is being put on it. Like, it's it's becoming, it doesn't surprise me that you're starting to feel like he's choosing these people over you because there's this emotional aspect of trust being added to it. So, like, if you say that you trust, you know, if you don't lay down any of these ideas about, okay, how are we actually going to protect our sexual health and you leave it all up to trust and I trust this person, then your brain is naturally going to come to the conclusion that your boyfriend trusts these people more than he trusts you. So like, yeah, that's why you're feeling that way. And so I think if you establish these rules 
and you clarify your risk level, figure out how did how does the does this couple sex safeguard their sexual health? Do they get tested frequently? Do they ask these questions of the new people that they have sex with? I mean, I, I if it were my ideal situation, like every single person that I P potentially could have some sexual health risk from I'd be like how many people have you dated what kind of sex did you have with them like what 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 did you use and you know like I would I would get that detailed in my questioning but I don't do that because it's a bit much and because I know that it's a bit of my own paranoia like freaking out a bit and sometimes you know you just have to say what am I gonna do am I gonna Am I going to never have sex with anyone again? Because that's the only way to completely protect yourself from any STI is just to never have sex with anyone. Is that what you want to do? So yeah, I think if you just talk with these people, let's put it into words. Stop using emotional language. Stop like making it about trust and da -da -da, and identify what are the behaviors that these people have around sexual health. How do they protect it? What do they do? don't set a level of expectation that your anxiety will go away completely except that you have some anxiety let these people know let your boyfriend know like be like you know i'm anxious about this it scares me i am going to feel scared and they can also try and see what they can do to support you like that's that's why i hate that shit that like emotions are your responsibility like just like what you mentioned with the body image thing like body issue like that's totally legit like feeling you know we, we all have raised in this society and there's so many shitty messages that we get and it's very hard to ignore all of that shitty ass conditioning so like when you you can't help but have these feelings and yes it, you know like it's not up to anyone to fix you but people can help you know people can help and hurt the situation do you know what i mean so like people can be nice and including your boyfriend like he can give you reassurance both on your body issues but both on the sti things and as long as people don't set up an expectation of you that you're not allowed to be anxious or afraid you know, I just think it's important that when you do feel anxious or afraid, you learn how to cope with it and you learn the healthiest ways you can cope with it. I struggle with this so much. I struggle with being able to tell people what I need. I struggle with, you know, I've, n I've in my life, I've not been in situations where I've felt comfortable to say what I need because that's a very, very vulnerable thing. And I think one of the things I hate the most about most polyamory advice is that it very much, it's just like, just tell someone what you need and everything will be fine. And it very much completely makes it seem like doing that isn't a fucking terrifying thing because it is, it totally is. So yeah, have that, have that, have that established idea of how people protect their sexual health and that will probably help the anxiety so i'm gonna get rid of it that is only like i'll tell you at least like from my experience i've gotten less anxious about the sti risk now the anxiety peaks when i have other shitty things going on because you know when it rains it pours and you know it just like you think of it like your body anxiety like i'm sure sometimes you feel like yeah i'm fucking gas and then there are just days when you're like oh i'm the worst person in the world like it's like that anxiety is like that so you might over time i do really feel like you know when you build that trust when you know that you can count on these people when you have these things set in place you will feel better but 
you're gonna feel fucking anxious and that's just how it is the other thing that i kind of wanted to mention was you said about the texting and this you know what you've said is is that you've agreed that your style of non-monogamy is that you want to play with other couples um what seems to be happening here is something a bit more than that and i think you and your boyfriend really need to talk about this because you don't say that you're swingers and that you only have sex like the boundaries there are that you love each other and you only have sex with other people and that's all it is is just sex and that seems to be your mental boundary but that doesn't seem to be how your boyfriend's operating and that's not necessarily bad because I'm very, very, very wary of people putting in rules which say I won't fall in love with someone or I won't develop feelings. There are certain people who are aware enough of how they operate where they can say I can have sex with this person and not have any romantic feelings for them. Some people can do that. Some people are very self-aware and, and that's just how they operate. I, I just generally feel like you cannot predict whether or not you're going to fall in love with someone you really can't like you can see signs of it happening and you can kind of be a little bit wanting to disregard that in this kind of a situation and wanting to kind of like okay um if i were single and i and i met this person i'd probably say that i'm developing a crush and developing feelings for them but because i'm in a situation where i'm not allowed to develop feelings i'm gonna be like oh this isn't happening you know same thing as i mentioned in the last episode dog sitting in a fire this is fine um i think that you know <laughs> that rule of like you only love one person you have sex with other people doesn't always work <laughs> and people develop feelings and there's nothing you can do to stop that you can if you're self-aware enough and you see yourself having feelings and you decide i don't want to do this you can break it off with that person you can do whatever it is that you need to do to stop this i don't I, I don't know how to stop those feelings when I, I don't have any feel like I have any control over that over my feelings when I fall in love with someone or develop feelings I don't, I don't have any if I had control over that that'd be fucking great that means that I could pick people who I knew were like amazing great wonderful people and I could just fall in love with them and then I you know th th if if that was the way the world worked it'd be fucking great um it'd be not so great in some ways anyway the point is, is that you can't control this so you really you really need to have a discussion about what it is um where the boundaries are and what it is that you both expect are you both on the same page about yes we the type of non-monogamy we are is a type of swinger setup where we only have sex with other people but our emotional our emotional and romantic feelings are only for each other and that's the boundary um i mean it's difficult because like theoretically this woman is his friend so if he were texting like ask yourself put yourself in that situation as well if he were texting a buddy and not this woman would you feel the same way um because you know people have different feelings about how friendship works in their life but some people have really really close friendships and some people get really weird about that because they think that all romantic relationships basically replace your friendships and you stop having really close friends and that having really close friends when you have a romantic relationship isn't okay um and that's not true i'm very against that i think friends can be just as important as romantic relationships and maybe he's friends with this girl and that means something to him um and he doesn't want to stop texting her because he's you know they're friends 
it's not n- it may not necessarily even be a romantic thing it's just they're just friends um and you know if he was texting a buddy not outside of his bedroom would you have a problem with that so think about that because it you know it, it is a discussion worth having that to make sure you're on the same page of what kind of non-monogamy you want but you also need to keep in mind that like your feelings around all this other stuff are gonna kind of influence how you feel and just put yourself you know is he doing something that wouldn't be okay um, if he were, you know, like ignoring you for a friend, you know, would that still not be okay? Then it's the behavior that's the problem, not the person. So just think about, is it the person or is it the behavior? Um, and maybe then, you know, you decide, um, you know, if he was texting a friend, like what, if you were out to dinner together and he was texting a friend instead of talking to you, that'd still be a problem. If he, you know, unless there's an emergency, it would still be a problem because it's the behavior that's a problem. So, just think about that. Get on the same page of, of what you want out of non-monogamy, but think about, like, is it the behavior or is it the person? Um, and then, yeah, the other thing that I wanted to mention, because this is really, this is this is the kind of thing where when I talk about um, relationship anarchy and hierarchies and why I think um, there are hierarchies that exist, uh, this is the kind of thing I'm talking about when you say you feel like an outsider walking to a situation where everyone knows one another which makes you feel weird and left out like there are real imbalances here that that can't that can't really be necessarily completely fixed like you know when you walk into this situation um they're always going to have known him for longer than you have that's not ever going to change and if it helps like put that in the context of as well family and friends like he you know does he have what if he had a friend that he's known for decades longer than he's known you and that's why this hierarchy thing isn't isn't that simple and why it's complicated and that's why to me it feels weird to put all relationships on the exact same level because how we value romantic versus friendship relationships you know, it really depends on the person and the situation. And I think the point is to to understand when and acknowledge when there's going to be a hierarchy. Because in this situation, if if you're in, if you're in this situation and your boyfriend is is basically trying to say, "Oh no, I care just as much about you as I do about the other people," and that might be logically true, and that's that's fine, and and I think it's valid for him to say that he values you as much as he values these other people. But it's totally also understandable for you to feel a little bit at odds because these three people have known each other for a long ass time and you're just walking into it like you're just two months into this situation. Um, so it's it's totally understandable, regardless of what anyone says, for you to feel like, oh, I'm 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 the newbie here. And I don't especially as well if you're a newbie to non-monogamy, like you're trying new things and you're a new person in this relationship, even if you have this past experience and you're open to it you're still new in a lot of ways and that's okay and I think like over time this may bother you less because the more you start building time with your partner um the more it seems like that difference isn't so big especially as you have different experiences with your partner and you establish your trust and you establish um you know what you you get a better idea of each other and you have new experiences and you have intimate experiences and you get closer it things like that will bother you less but it totally makes sense for you to be slightly in in insecure about it now that's fine like i as i said on the previous podcast and as i've said multiple times in the column you're going to feel anxious and scared 
when you're starting out a new relationship you're going regardless like it doesn't matter how secure you are as an individual or how much you know how much self-esteem you have you know you're starting a new experience new things are scary and that's okay it's okay um and don't don't feel bad about being anxious about don't feel bad about being anxious about condoms don't feel bad about being anxious about your body don't feel bad about being anxious about you know the inherent imbalance there's going to be between you and these other people like that's legit and as long as you feel like you can express this and maybe if you have the money and and the availability of getting a polyamory or um, non-monogamy friendly therapist who can help you with this kind of stuff that's helpful but you know don't don't the the problem with I think a lot of people starting off in in non-monogamy and polyamory and open relationships is they set themselves up for failure because they think that they're doing something that's free and and without all the shackles of monogamy and blah 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 and um they don't expect that it will be hard and they don't expect that it will make them miserable or sad they think they they're trying something new that's free and blah 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 and you know so they should feel happy and then when they don't feel happy they think there's something wrong with them and that's just not true like it's hard to do new things it's scary you're going to feel scared you're gonna feel anxious you're gonna be like what the hell am i doing why am i doing this when i can just fall back onto the social um structure of monogamy because because monogamy is reinforced by society we're sort of lulled into the idea that it's a safer option when it's not there's no like try to remind yourself of that that's really helpful it's just it sounds really morbid but it's it's the truth and that's you know there aren't any guarantees you know you can you could leave these people now you could leave them and you could go find a monogamous person you can settle down you have wonderful 20-year relationship millions of babies blah 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 and then they could fall in love with someone and leave your ass like it's not nothing is guaranteed like that's that sounds horrible (laughs) it sounds like you know the worst nightmare but it's it happens it happens to people it's shitty and unfortunate but it happens like people fall in love with new people they change their mind they that you know the only thing constant is change and because monogamy has these trappings of like marriage and the relationship escalator and if you haven't read that article google relationship escalator and read about it it has this sort of culturally reinforced idea of stability and we we sort of assume that if we do the follow the script the movie will end the way we think it will and it it doesn't doesn't there's no guarantee at all ever in anything so yeah enjoy life (laughs) um uh so yeah i think basically to sum up you know stis don't give a shit about trust and give a shit about your feelings or who you have had sex with or how long much you trust them blah 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 that they they're just infections they don't care about any of that so don't rely on that um to to make your sexual health decisions rely on figuring out you know identify what your risk level is figure out how this couple handles sexual health risk if you want if you still feel like you want to be condomless um with your boyfriend and you don't want to tell him that he can't be condomless and he doesn't want to be condomless with his other people maybe think about some rules you can all four establish together for new risks coming in so that you can control a little bit of the risk and you don't just feel like you're kind of flinging yourself into the wolf's den at night with no idea what the hell's out there um that will help you know make some of that anxiety go down a bit but like i said you still will feel anxious um your body issues are understandable don't feel bad about that 
with the texting like you need to have a to have a discussion about what what that means what does it mean for you to have to play as a couple with other couples what does that only mean sex what do you count as a friendship as a as a partner as a play part like identify what that means because it may just be that you know this woman's his friend and he's texting his friend think about you know would you be this upset if it was another person is it the person or is it the behavior and then yeah like also your feelings of being anxious about the imbalance between you and and your boyfriend and these other two people is legit and you're gonna have that feeling and there's it's not really like you can get reassurance from your boyfriend but you're gonna be anxious and that's okay and it doesn't mean that you're terrible and you don't trust people and blah, blah, blah. yeah it just it just means that you're you're pretty much human that's that's what that means um so yeah as i as i say on the on the column i hope this helps and good luck so yeah that has been the second episode of non-monogamy help um if you would like to submit a question you can send an email to nonmonogamyhelp at gmail.com that's no hyphens nonmonogamyhelp um and I, what I usually do is I, like I said, I respond to it, I get the therapist to check it, and I send it to you. In the case of the podcast, I'll probably just send you the audio file. I tried to do that before I debut any, so I, like, I've answered these questions and send people the responses, like, weeks before it actually appears on air or live. So I'll try my, I try my best to get back to people within a few weeks. Sometimes it takes a bit longer. So, yeah, that's a realist, managing your expectations of when I shall get back to you. Um, you can also read the column at medium.com slash non hyphen monogamy hyphen help. You can subscribe to the newsletter um, to get uh, word of the episodes uh, and the column just before it's posted at tinyletter.com slash non monogamy help no hyphens. So yeah, that's been this podcast, um, this episode, rather. Um, thank you for listening. Bye! You've been listening to Non-Monogamy Help. Our podcast music has been provided by Chris Albury-Jones at albury-jones.com and the art was made by Dom Jung at d-o-m-d-u-o-n-g.com. Thank you for listening.